Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Glad to have you with us today. And a reminder, right out of the gate, if you can't join us live each weekday in the 11 a.m. hour, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We keep you updated on everything going on with sports here in southern Indiana each and every day. Busy show today. Let's take a look at the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Coming up in just a bit, Tim Hayworth. He's the coach at Louisville Mail High School. Mike Woodson, the entire Indiana staff at Mail yesterday afternoon to watch Caleb Glenn, a class of 2023 prospect that is really moving up the charts even on a national level. For Coach Woodson to take time to visit for the entire coaching staff to join him for the short trip from Bloomington to Louisville obviously underscores uh, what Indiana thinks of Caleb Glenn, a big-time prospect right here in our backyard. So Coach Hayworth with us a little later. I know he had a lot of fun yesterday talking with Coach Woodson. He's going to share some about that and talk about Caleb, who continues uh, to rise up the charts as far as recruiting goes. Also later in the hour, Alex Bozich, always with us on Thursdays. Lots to talk about on IU basketball. We get ready for the upcoming season. The schedule is now set. And Indiana, from a recruiting perspective, not only recruiting still in 2023, but this week a few offers have went out in the 2024 class as well. So we'll discuss that and more with Alex when he joins later. And later today, Matt Weaver of Pigs.com joins Indiana getting ready for a big, big football game on Saturday. It's not Idaho. It's Cincinnati. They've got a great quarterback, a great team. This is a bounce-back opportunity for IU football after really kind of an embarrassing start to the season with the loss at Iowa, although we're finding out as the weeks go on, Iowa's a pretty strong football program, maybe the best in the Big Ten Conference because of their great defense. So we'll cover all that and more to get you ready for IU Cincinnati. Going to be a great environment for football over the weekend in Bloomington. And Matt Weaver joins us to talk that and more coming up in just a bit. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. You know, we love our state champions here in southern Indiana, and we talk about this a lot. We've had some professional athletes uh, that moved through local high school sports, then to college, now professional. It's really an amazing time for sports. We've been blessed with so many state champions in recent seasons, not just basketball, but other sports as well. And really, one of the first teams in a while going back 10 years to win a state championship 
and to represent Southern Indiana in Clark and Floyd counties was the Jeffersonville girls basketball team coached by Chad Gilbert. And it's hard to believe. Time just goes so fast. But we are in 10 years ago from that happening. So Friday night at the big Floyd Central Jeffersonville football game, uh, there's a 10-year reunion organized by Jeffersonville High School, some of the former players, to honor the Lady Red Devils, who brought so much pride back to the area and won the 4A state championship back in March of 2011. With me right now is Brooke Valentine. She was a key player on that Red Devils team, went on to have a nice college career as well. And Brooke, hard to believe, 10 years have passed since the Jeffersonville Lady Devils brought a lot of pride back to Clark County. It has. It's been a long time, but I still feel pretty young, if you ask me. (laughs) (laughs) Brooke, uh, you guys, I know, excited to get back together to be recognized at the big football game by the Jeffersonville community. Uh, It's important, I think, for the current athletes, for future athletes in the Jeffersonville system or maybe another local school to remember and know how good sports have been for a number of years in this area and how serious we take it. And when you win a state championship, it's not just a success on the court that night or an achievement to end a career at the high school level. It's a memory and something you'll always keep with you for a lifetime that should be celebrated. Yeah, I mean, just hearing you say that gives me goosebumps because one of our motivations – was that our names and our team would be in, imprinted in Jeffersonville High School forever um, and in the state of Indiana. So um, it's a privilege, and it's something that I'm super proud of, and I know the girls are proud of. So it's just something that I love that you know came with winning. Talking to Brooke Ballantyne, part of the 2011 Jeffersonville Girls State Championship team. Brooke, when you think back on it, I know you probably get asked this from time to time, but is there a memory that you most keep with you from that state championship game or season? Um, I would say definitely just the relationship I had with each girl. Every uh, relationship was different with each one, but mainly um, my trust with the coaches, especially Coach Gilbert. Um, that senior year, I just really personally bought into every word he said, and the memory that sticks out the most is um, right when that buzzer went off um, after we won state, I turned around and just looked for Coach Gilbert. And I ran up to him and gave him the biggest hug because it was just like we talked about it every day for the past year. And it finally happened, you know. Brooke Valentine, my guest. Brooke, uh, I'm curious, take us back to that Jeff girls team that season. Uh, obviously, you guys, led by Coach Gilbert, had the daily goal of trying to get to a state championship game and ultimately win it. But at what point did you realize that this team, they could get it done? Was it before the season? Was it a certain point during the year where you thought, we're going to have a legitimate chance to bring this back? Um, It was actually, um, so our junior year, we lost to Floyd Central twice. um, And they were bad losses. Um, I mean, they truly, we were embarrassed um, as a team. And we were all coming back the next year. And not only did we just have, a fire within us to get payback on that note. But um, one day I was sitting in Coach Gilbert's classroom and he was like, and truly state never crossed my mind. And he said, um, we have a chance to win state. And I was like, you think so? And he was just like, yeah, like I, I know we can win state. He was just like, I just need everyone to buy in. And from that day on, it was just like on my mind, like, oh, dang, like we could win state. You know, it was just like a, a mentality that just kind of shifted 
um, you know, for that goal. And from that day on, that's what we were working towards. Yeah, pretty neat stuff. I've got to bring this up, Brooke. Someone told me, and you could probably guess who it may have been, that one memory we need to talk about personally for you on that state championship game day was you forgot your uniform that day. I, I did. I did. <laughs> and which is a, a pretty typical thing for me um, to forget something that important. But yeah, I showed up, started to get undressed, and it was not there. And I hid that from him. Um, well, at least I thought I hid it from Coach Gilbert, but apparently he knew the whole time that it was actually my uncle um, ran back to the hotel and had to like beg the front desk that and try to make them believe that he was my uncle. First of all, <laughs> that was kind of tough for him being a, a white male trying to get into a, a high school girl's room that does not look like him. Um, but success, he successfully got in and grabbed my jersey and I, I thought I was you know clear of getting in trouble but I think winning state kind of distracted him from punishing me <laughs> absolutely great great story great memory uh tell us about Friday night Jeff Floyd Central uh at Blair Field and Jeff obviously that's a big mm-hmm. football game locally and at halftime you guys get the opportunity to be recognized tell us about what's planned for that evening for the game and so forth yeah so um Friday, we will be at the Jeff football game. Um, we'll be announced at halftime. And then after that game, we will be heading actually to Parlor um, downtown Louisville, uh, the new location, and just having time to, you know, celebrate and uh, get with people that we haven't seen in years. And we invite any and everyone to come by and say hello to the girls. Um, most of our girls don't live anywhere near uh, Jeffersonville anymore. I think uh, me and Casey are the only two locals still here um, out of, you know, our starting, our seven, our top seven. Um, So we just want everyone to be able to see the girls and um, celebrate with us for a little bit. And then Saturday we'll be at Union Game Yard in Jeffersonville during the day. Um, And we invite people there as well to hang out with us for a little bit. Absolutely. Great stuff. I think it's so important that we remember uh, why high school sports are different here in Southern Indiana and why the fans still come out with the passion they do. And remembering those before current teams and players that had success is just so very important here in this area. Brooke, when Silver Creek boys and girls won a state championship this past season, New Albany with Romeo had one a few years ago, and we've had lots of other state champions in different sports. It's just, as I say, a been a really good time for sports locally here in southern Indiana. When you see these other teams win and you see news highlights where they get their medal around their neck or they've got the trophy and they're celebrating or the tears are flowing and they're smiling, it's got to bring back memories because as a champion, you can relate to what some of these kids and high school athletes today are accomplishing here in our area. Oh, 100%. And I'm so proud of each and every team, even you know Silver Creek doing their thing. Um, especially girls basketball, of course, that has a very close space in my heart just because um, no one likes to mention it on the guys' side. But my senior year, more fans were showing up to the girls' games than the boys' games. And, you know, that, that was a true testament, especially back in 2011 when um, women's sports weren't discussed as much as they, you know, are growing to be now, which I'm very appreciative for. Um, so, I love seeing it. I love seeing it, especially in this area, Southern Indiana. I love uh, us kind of, you hear about Indianapolis a ton and Indianapolis uh, sports teams in general, all of them um, doing so well. And that's the place to be. But I love 
when other schools in this area are also being successful because that's putting our region of Indiana on the map for the place to be and the place to go for, you know, good sporting events and great schools. Um, and it's setting the tone for even my son who plays basketball, um, that this is the place to be. And, you know, why would you leave this area, no matter what school you go to, because you're going to come across um, great academics, most importantly, but then also great coaches and great athletic directors and um, coaches and players that are just really bought into making something special at whichever school they are at. So, I mean, yeah, it's super important to me, and I love seeing it. Yeah, good stuff. Brooke Valentine, we're celebrating the 10-year reunion of the Jeffersonville girls basketball team. They will be honored Friday at the Floyd Central at Jeffersonville football game at halftime, an opportunity to see them Friday after the game at Parlor in downtown Louisville and then at Union Game Yard, which is a really cool place with great food in Jeffersonville as well. Brooke, thanks for taking time to join us today. Congratulations when I see you uh, nowadays with your son and other kids that are getting ready to play basketball. Uh, yes, the focus is on them, I know, for you guys now, but I always think of that state championship when I see you. So congratulations, and thanks for the time. Enjoy the weekend. I know the community will come out and support you guys once again. Well, thank you so much for having me, and don't be afraid to bring up the state championship title in front of my son because I like to remind <laughs> him any chance I can. <laughs> Absolutely. Brooke Valentine, a, a great interview to start our Thursday program, and that Jeff Girl State Championship team, in addition to having some great players and, of course, Coach Gilbert, one of the things that I'll remember is it was in Fort Wayne. It's a different environment for a state championship game uh, normally in Indianapolis, but uh, some issues with getting arenas that year. Uh, so that was kind of one of the oddities of that. But a state championship for the Jeff Girls uh, here back to Southern Indiana. Great to catch up with Brooke Valentine. She went on to Bellarmine after being at University of Southern Indiana. Had a very nice uh, college career as well. Our first segment brought to you by Zaxby's with locations in Jeffersonville and New Albany. We've got one more guest here in this opening segment in this very busy program. Tim Hayworth, the coach of Mail High School in Louisville, joins me right now. Coach Hayworth, man, you had Coach Woodson and the entire IU staff in your gym yesterday to see Caleb play, and you got a chance to catch up with him as well. That's pretty cool stuff, man. Yeah, it was pretty special, uh, you know, to see all those guys in there. And, uh, you know, our guys uh, played really well, and especially Caleb, so it was good to see that. Coach, when you came to Louisville, and you've been on my show a few times, you and I just hit it off. I think we were probably the, the two biggest basketball people I know uh, here in the area maybe, and uh, you, you've been around this game forever. You've had some high-level players over the years at your different stops. You've made a lot of recruiting visits with those players. You played college basketball yourself, so you've been around college coaches, college programs, college campuses, but I know you've left uh, your impressions with Coach Woodson and the campus in Bloomington back in the summer. You've been very impressed so far with Coach Woodson and how these guys are recruiting Caleb. Oh, I mean, they, they've been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, the whole staff, and I'm talking about them, even outside of basketball, just uh, how good of guys they are and, uh, like, what you see them doing for kids and for the program. And <clears throat> I couldn't – I mean, I'm super, super impressed with that whole coaching staff and the way, they, the way they're doing things. I'm, you know, I really know that they're, they've got big – big aspirations to, you know, of what Indiana basketball has been in the past and what it's going to be. And I know, I know they're going to do really well there. 
Tim Hayworth, the coach at Louisville Mail, is my guest. Coach, uh, what did it mean to Caleb yesterday to see not just the head coach of IU, and he's dealing with Coach Mack and many other head coaches that are very interested in him playing for him, so he's used to dealing with these these head coaches. But what did it mean to see the entire staff uh, come together to see him play at Mail High School yesterday? You know, it meant a lot to him because uh, he knows that he, you know, he's a priority for them. And, uh, you know, when your whole staff shows up and comes in, you know, and watches open gym, uh, you know, that's pretty impressive for a kid, you know, that's going in, you know, that's a junior right now. And uh, that lets him know that he's a priority for them. And, uh, you know, he was very appreciative of that. Tim Hayworth, Mail High School, my guest. Coach, I've asked you this simple question before. Uh, Caleb gets better, it seems, every time that I see him play. And I don't see him on a daily basis, obviously, like you do. But what is he continuing to improve on and get better on that has all of these coaches flocking into Mayo High School and scholarship offers this past summer coming his direction left and right? What What is he doing right that's working so well for him? Well, you know, he's the thing about Caleb is he gets in the gym every day at 445 in the morning, him and uh, Jack Elon, one of our point guards. But he gets in there and he works on his game every single morning. And, uh, you know, he, he shoots at least 500 shots a day, you know, in the morning. And so he does it every day, 445 to 630. And, uh, you know, the thing is, uh, Coach Fife, I think, came in last week, you know, uh, and a lot of coaches did. Uh, but he he literally, I think he went, you know, I told Coach Fife he had went 75 out of 100 from one of the wings the other day from three. And I think when Coach Fife was sitting there, he went 81 out of 100. So his shooting has just got astronomically better. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, his ball handling's gotten better. And so he's becoming a, a guard. And, uh, you know, with the 6'7", 215, 220-pound frame, you know, if you become a guard, then you're really at the next level, uh, taking the next step. And I really think that he's going to be a guard that can go and post anytime he wants to. And so, you know, he's not going to change who he is because, I mean, he is a dog, you know, as far as grabbing rebounds and defensively. And so he ain't going to change who he is. But I will say this, his game has expanded astronomically even from the spring until now, and it's because of his hard work. So, you know, and I tell Caleb this, he deserves everything he gets, uh, you know, because I, I've not had a player work as hard as him and, uh, you know, and I've coached in college and played in college and coached in high school. I've never seen a kid consistently work at it every day like Caleb. Talking with male coach Tim Hayworth about big-time 2023 prospect Caleb Glenn, who IU really seems to be prioritizing. Coach Hayworth, who else has been at male? I know you've got some other college prospects as well on the team, but who are some of the big dogs that have been in to see Caleb in addition to IU? Uh, Louisville's been in, West Virginia, Texas A&M. Uh, we got Virginia and Tennessee in today. Cincinnati's been in. Uh, you know, so there's been a ton of schools, uh, you know, that's come in and, and watched him. And, uh, you know, it's been pretty special, you know, even for our other guys because we got, you know, we got some other D- Division One prospects on the team and, you know, even young guys. And so it's been good for them because, you know, that's how you get your name out there and then, you know, they keep coming back, they'll remember you. So I said one team's going to get Caleb. It's the other guy's uh, job to make sure that they get recruited as well. So it's been uh, it's been a special. No doubt. Coach Hayworth, before we let you go and get back in the classroom at Mail, uh, tell me, this team you've got this year, obviously Caleb Glenn is going to be a headline player. 
but you've got some other prospects as well, some other guys that I really enjoy watching play the game. This male team should be good. A little bit about your team and expectations for this coming year. Yeah, I mean, we got, uh, you know, last year we didn't really get a season, you know, only playing seven games. And so, uh, you know, we're super excited just to be able to play basketball again and, you know, to be able to practice and do the things that it takes, you know, to be a champion. And, uh, you know, our expectations, uh, you know, you always have to start with your district and then the region and then, uh, you know, hopefully the state tournament and, and win the state. And, you know, we got a chance to do all of that. Uh, we understand there's a lot of really good basketball teams in this area, uh, you know, and across the state. And so we know it's going to be a challenge to get out of the seventh region. Uh, you know, it's the best region in, uh, in the state of Kentucky. And so uh, we feel like we got the pieces, though. Uh, you know, we're not going to beat ourselves. We're going we're gonna to play hard every night. Uh, you might not always play well, but we're going to play hard every night. We're going to play together. Uh, we really, I really like our team chemistry, and uh, you know, and how that's coming coming into form. And so, I, I think we have a chance to be a really special team at the end of the day. Absolutely, Tim Hayworth, Louisville Mail coach, talking about Caleb Glenn, who IU. You heard it, Coach Woodson, Coach Fife, Coach Rosemond, uh, Coach Hunter, everybody there on the coaching staff in Louisville yesterday to watch Caleb Glenn. Coach, when the season tips. I think you're going to see some IU shirts and hats in the crowd at high school. There's going to be no question That's about awesome. that. That's awesome. I love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. All right, Coach. Thank you for the update. We'll stay in touch with you, and we look forward to having Caleb with us on the program soon. Absolutely. All right, Tim Hayworth Thanks, of Mayo High School. That's going to wrap up this opening segment brought to you by Zaxby's with locations in Jeffersonville and New Albany. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, the latest on IU basketball, even some 2024 offers going out from Coach Woodson and staff. We'll cover everything about the upcoming season, recruiting, and more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Thursday program. Alex Bozich of InsideTheHall.com joins us Thursdays as we talk the very latest with IU basketball and kind of following up on Coach Hayworth from Mail, who joined us in the first segment, Alex. I know proximity helps. What is it, probably two hours or so from Mail High School back to Coach Woodson's office in Bloomington. But it's been a while since I can recall seeing the staff or any staff uh, send an entire group out. The head coach and both uh, assistants are all three assistants uh, to an open gym. That just shows, I think, everybody that Caleb Glenn is very important to IU. Yeah, and I, <laughs> excuse me, Matt. I also think it shows to an extent that it looks like Indiana feels like there's an opportunity to come in to Louisville and get a player out of here. Typically, uh, in the past, players uh, from the city of Louisville that are high profile usually aren't leaving the area, but I think with Louisville's situation, uh, particularly with uncertainty moving forward with the NCAA and just all of the bad headlines that they've gotten over the last 
several years. Uh, it, it, it feels like Indiana is going to try to capitalize on that, and and I think you know the, the best case scenario here for Indiana is Louisville does get in some type of significant trouble with the NCAA, which we don't know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, and then Indiana has done the best work there in terms of his recruitment, and they're the school that's really shown him uh, that they're uh, that that he's their priority. And I think that's what Indiana is hoping uh, can happen here. Um, I'm not saying that they wouldn't have a chance otherwise if, if Louisville was kind of coming along at full strength. I'm just saying, just historically, uh, the really good players that have come from from male high school and other uh, schools in the city of Louisville typically have not left the state. So it would be a you know a huge recruiting win for Indiana, but but definitely shows that if you're going to send all four assistant coaches, or four, four coaches, the head coach and three assistant coaches, I don't care where you're going, uh, especially a couple hours away, you definitely feel like it's a recruitment where you have a chance, and Indiana's been as aggressive as anybody uh, recruiting Caleb Glenn, and it seems like they're going to be uh, hanging in as long as, long as possible uh, until he makes his decision. Alex Bozich inside the hole. We'll keep it with recruiting to start, Alex. Indiana, in addition to getting out to some open gyms and fall practices now that the fall period is open, also getting active with some younger players. It was 2023. That was really as low as, at least publicly, with offers. Things were going until last week. And now Indiana, to my count, has offered at least Class 2, Class of 2024 players as well. Yeah, I mean, it's that time of year now where, where coaches can actually get out again. Uh, you know, you had the, the summer recruiting where you primarily were seeing a lot of focus placed on 2022 and 2023 kids. Now that Indiana's in really good shape with its uh, 2022 class with three commitments and, and still hoping to get Noah County to get a fourth, they can focus now on more on 2023 and 2024. And as, as, as far off as those classes sound, I mean, you know, that really, uh, you know, junior, you know, sophomores and, and, and rising juniors, those two classes are, uh, you know, this is going to be kind of uh, the foundation period for those recruitments. You want to try to get some guys on campus, obviously, this fall for Hoosier Stereo, which it seems like Indiana is uh, going to have a really strong list of underclassmen uh, attending that event and then hopefully get some players on campus for some games so they can kind of take in. Uh, the program. I think the biggest kind of thing for uh, this fall and this winter, uh, getting to those games is just the style of play and seeing what a Mike Woodson coach team uh, in college looks like. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge, huge factor moving forward. Uh, Mike Woodson's been able to talk to recruits about what he did in the NBA and show a little film from the Bahamas. But I, I think really what uh, a lot of recruits are most interested in. Is, is how Indiana looks this season. So uh, that's uh, you know going to be a big part of, of what happens with these 2023 and 2024 kids, getting them on campus, uh, getting them a chance to see what Indiana basketball is going to look like uh, under Mike Woodson. And, and yeah, I think definitely getting out and, and seeing some kids and making offers, that's the first step. And, and hopefully the kids reciprocate and come on campus and, and get a chance to watch Indiana play this year. I know this probably goes without saying, but based on Indiana's contacts, where they've been so far this fall to evaluate, 
I think Hoosier hysteria will be another packed house when it comes to recruits, especially 2023 and 2024 prospects. There could be a number of different players uh, at Assembly Hall for the Hoosier hysteria event to kind of learn a little bit more about IU and also a lot more about Mike Woodson. Yeah, and also you got to remember that there's there's pent up demand. I think for uh, the fans to be at these events, so it's going to be uh, you know I think a lot of uh, good uh, things going on just in terms of the event and the excitement around it. So it's a perfect time for Indiana to get some kids on campus and uh, you know kind of use the excitement that's been building around the program with a new coaching staff and a fan base that's hungry to get back into Assembly Hall and support the program, uh, you know, I can't really think of a, a better time to, to try to get guys on campus and, and get them uh, in for visits. And, you know, these kids are excited to get out and see different programs. They weren't able to go to events like this last year because there wasn't – there was Hoosier Hysteria, but it was, remember, a stripped-down virtual-type version of the event, and uh, they couldn't go to games last year uh, to visit. So – 2023 and 2024, I think, is going to be well represented at, at Hoosier Hysteria. And it's always been, I mean, going back to, I think, one time I went to Hoosier Hysteria with you, Matt, when we were much, much younger. I can remember it was at midnight, and I think Luau Ding and Charlie Villanueva were there. Uh, the early memories of, of what it was with Midnight Madness, and over the years it's just gotten, it seems, bigger and bigger, and there's been a ton of, uh, emphasis putting on really making it a recruiting event. So I would expect it to be no different this year. Alex, uh, can you tell us anything about some of these young guys? I know one of their names is Derek Queen. I, I find it interesting that Jalen hood Shafino, of course, playing down at Montverde Academy in Florida, a powerhouse high school basketball program, commits to the Hoosiers a month or so ago. And now Indiana has offered, I think, two other players that will be younger players on that Montverde roster this winter that's clearly going to be a place where IU coaches when they can step away from Bloomington or the routines of being a head coach or assistant coach for a few hours and get on a plane that's going to be one of the places I think Indiana's at a lot this high school season well yeah and it makes sense too because not only do you already have a kid there committed that can kind of speak to your program is going to be a teammate of some of these guys uh, can you know talk up the program, and I'm not saying that Indiana is going to use Jalen Hitchfino to recruit other kids, but it doesn't hurt to have a kid already in the program that's committed to you. Uh, you know, if you're going to try to make uh, connections and recruit other kids, uh, what what better uh, advocate to have uh, than a teammate that's going to go to the same place? But I think you know the, the, the thing that really um, point of emphasis with with the schools in Florida, you know, IMG Academy and Montverde, I mean. It, it makes sense for Indiana to be recruiting those programs because that's often where the best players are. And I think one thing you're going to see moving forward, you didn't really see it as much in 2022 because Indiana had uh, ground to make up and it was kind of a staff getting a late, uh, you know, a late jump on things. And a lot of kids that already kind of decided what their school lists were going to be and, and all that. But, you know, moving forward, uh, I think you're going to see Indiana taking some big swings in 2023 and 2024. They've got time to really work on those classes, and, and you know Montverde has you know produced some some really really good players. You know over the last couple of years, there, there is you know historically in the past, you know a, a lot of the best players would go to Oak Hill, but there's been some schools that have emerged over the last you know five to ten years that are getting the best players, and they're one of them. And uh, you know I think it, I think that's that has a lot to do with it. 
is just where, where the talent is. And I think Indiana is going to be a, a program moving forward that's going to really try to recruit uh, some of the best players in the country, and, and they're going to have to go into places like that uh, and able to get those guys. Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. While we're on recruiting, uh, new 247 rankings yesterday in the class of 2022. Jalen hood Shafino, number 24 in the country, so a top 25 recruit already in the fold for the Hoosiers. Caleb Banks is 94th in these new rankings. C.J. Gunn from Lawrence North in state is 129th. And Noah Clowney, who's not in the class yet, but many think Indiana have a legitimate chance to land. He's number 101 in the new 247 sports rankings. So the the, the 2022 class kind of got off to a slow start uh, for Coach Woodson and staff, but I would say those three in the fold right now uh, with their national rankings and thoughts from some of the recruiting people I speak with, that's a pretty solid get at it, go at it for his first full uh, recruiting class. Yeah, I mean, to get a five-star in any class is good. Uh, Indiana has not necessarily been a school that gets a ton of five-stars. I mean, they've, they've had some uh, you know, here and there, maybe one every other class or so. Uh, to get one in your first recruiting class, I think, is a big deal. Uh, but Caleb Banks, I think, is a guy who continues to, to kind of improve and move up. I think he's in the low 80s now in the composite rankings, which which I try to look at and, and kind of use as a gauge of uh, where a kid stands. And C.J. Gunn, uh, despite having a summer that was, uh, you know, cut short by an injury, he's remained in the top 150. Uh, kind of flying, I feel like, a little bit under the radar, but I think uh, eventually – you know, it, it may take him a little bit more time uh, than the other guys when he gets on campus to kind of carve out a role. But he seems like a guy that's going to be able to make an impact. And then if they can bring in Noah Clowney uh, to this group, you're probably looking at a top 15, top 20 nationally ranked recruiting class. I, mean, I think they're a little bit higher than that right now, but it's early and a lot of schools don't have a ton of commitments. But I think when it's all said and done, if they can bring in these three and Noah Clowney, you're probably looking at a, a national top 15, top 20 class, which – you know, in your first full recruiting cycle, if you even really want to call it that, because they kind of didn't have more than, you know, the spring and the summer uh, to make a run at these guys, I, I think it would be really uh, a strong uh, first effort. And then uh, moving forward to 2023 and 2024, like I said, they're going to be able to take some bigger swings and maybe try to get some guys uh, that are ranked a little bit higher or uh, could, could lead them to an even higher ranking in those future classes. But I think a lot, I think a lot of that's also going to depend on just what kind of season Indiana is able to have on the court this year, and also um, just what recruits think of the style of play at watching Indiana play. I think that's that's really important going forward. Something that maybe we don't talk about as much uh, with all this positive momentum, but I, I do think it's important for Indiana to come out this year and have a good season, make the NCAA tournament, so they can uh, springboard some of this momentum uh, forward and, and get some, uh, some top recruits in 2023 and, and beyond. Alex, final thing I want to cover with you today, one of my favorite preseason features at InsideTheHole.com is when you partner with UM Hoops, the Michigan website, and do your all's top 25 Big Ten players. It kind of helps uh, settle in on who's going to be who or potentially could be who in the Big Ten Conference and break down the rosters that we know about uh, even further. You guys, I think uh, you release them five at a time. You're, you're down to one through five have not been released, so we know uh, numbers six through 25. Give us a summary so far of your feelings on the Big Ten from those rankings and uh, how many IU guys so far have been on the top 25 list you guys have put together. Well, no IU guys 
are in six to twenty five range. Uh, we had a couple that were kind of debated uh, towards the bottom of the list and ultimately didn't end up putting them in. And you know, I think some people are questioning why there wouldn't be a second IU guy in. I think a lot of it has to do with just the uncertainty of the roles for certain guys. We don't know exactly what you know the hierarchy and minutes and all that's going to be going into the season. I think there's some guys that can obviously play their way onto the list by the end of the year, and by no means is it a perfect representation. I mean, going back a couple of years when Kata Bates-Diop was Big Ten Player of the Year, we didn't have him in the top 25. I think it was Chris Holtman's first year. Last year we had Christian Lander uh, at 24, and obviously that one didn't pan out. You know, it's a five-star recruit, so you think he's going to have a big impact and ultimately did not. So it's, it's definitely not a perfect science uh, one thing I'll say, just kind of, you know, after about eight to ten players, uh, to me, the overall talent in the league feels uh, like it's a little bit down uh, for previous years. Uh, the top five players, which I, th- I think uh, in no particular order, the guys who are left uh, that we haven't ranked yet are Trace Jackson Davis, Hunter Dickinson, uh, Jaden Ivey, Kofi Coburn, and EJ Liddell. Um, those are those players are, are obviously all potential All-American candidates. You know, Jaden Ivey's a guy who um, maybe some people will be surprised to be ranked, see ranked in the top five, but we absolutely love his potential uh, going into the season for a Purdue team that's probably going to start out ranked in the top ten nationally. Had a really good freshman season, but you know, after those, you know, like I said, after those top eight to ten players, I think there's really it's really wide open. Uh, there's arguments to be made uh, for a lot of guys and. and I think we, we did a pretty good job. I think every team has a player on the list with the exception uh, of Nebraska and Minnesota, who uh, I think Nebraska is going to be a little bit better this year than, than some people think, but uh, just didn't have a player there uh, that we felt comfortable putting in the top 25. But, uh, you know, by no means is it a perfect uh, exercise. You know, we usually hit uh, the top, you know, 10 to 12 pretty well. And then after that, uh, it, it's really tough because, uh, you don't really know with, with coaching changes and with newcomers how guys are going to perform. But it's, it's a fun exercise, and obviously it's, it, it, IU fans not particularly thrilled that we haven't had anybody from 6 to 25, but uh, they definitely will have somebody on the list tomorrow when we release the top five because Trace Jackson Davis will be on that part, portion of the list. Absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, as always, thanks for the chat on IU Hoops. We'll catch up next week. All right, thanks, Matt. As we head to a quick commercial break, an in-state commitment yesterday to a Big Ten program, Connor Essigan. He's from Central Noble High School, committed to Wisconsin. I was told from someone that knows his game well that not sure really if he's a Big Ten player, but if he's going to be in the conference, the style of play he has, the type of body he has, Wisconsin would be the place for him to contribute. So an in-state player to the Big Ten Conference and Wisconsin. We'll head to a break. We're back to preview IU Cincinnati football. It's a big one Saturday in Bloomington. Matt Weaver of Peaks.com is with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
And we're back. Final segment of our Thursday program. Matt Weaver of Pigs.com with us to talk IU football. And, Matt, it goes without saying, it's going to be an awesome environment on Saturday in Bloomington. The tailgating should be great. The crowd, it's going to be sold out. Indiana's got a lot to try to accomplish Saturday because Cincinnati, a really good team, and it starts with their quarterback. Yeah, it's uh, the atmosphere should be great. Hopefully, uh, I haven't looked at the weather forecast, but hopefully it's uh, it's a good day for football. Um, and you're right there. Uh, their quarterback Desmond Ritter is really, really good, and and he's got you know good skill players, and um, you know, he's an experienced guy. He's been in the system for a while, and um, you know he's just in command of that offense. And then defensively, you know they've got uh, you know yeah, some really good corners, a defensive end who I think is being mentioned uh, being mentioned as an NFL type guy. So you know in the two areas Indiana's kind of struggled, or at least one you know areas. Uh, uh, big areas that the O line has struggled to uh, get a push in the run game and at times to protect Michael Penix. So, you know, if the corners are, are blanket in the receivers and they're having trouble getting open and then you got a defensive end that's tough to block, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you got to, the offensive line's going to have to play well for them to win. Matt, if Indiana can muster a victory on Saturday against Cincinnati, does that make up for the dismal effort against Iowa? in week one because we're finding out Iowa's pretty doggone good. But does a Cincinnati win here get back to an even slate? I guess that's my question. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anything. I mean, that was such a poor performance. I don't know if anything erases it. But definitely a win over a team like Cincinnati gives you some momentum. It kind of, you know, kind of gets, you know, I mean, obviously the win last week was nice, but it was obviously expected. I mean, and a dominating effort was expected, which is what they had. Um, for the most part, I mean, I still think the offense is still kind of just doesn't seem to be clicking, um, you know. Uh, but I think a win over Cincinnati, you know, it gives you gives a, gives you a lot of mojo, a lot of momentum going into uh, what's a sneaky tough game, in my opinion. That Western Kentucky, it's a game they should win. But you know, Western Kentucky's a team; they got a transfer quarterback. Uh, he's supposed to be pretty good, and um, you know, they scored some points. And you know, uh, it's that's that's not going to be um, just a give me game, but um, it does it does definitely gets you going back in the right direction um, but like I said I mean Iowa performance was such a poor one such an out of character one for a Tom Allen team that I'm not sure it erases it. Matt Weaver Peaks.com lots of great football coverage in advance of the IU Cincinnati game this week on Peaks.com from Matt Weaver and he joins us today to catch up on the game uh, what's the scariest part of this challenge for Saturday is it the QB is it another area of the Cincinnati team that you think is going to be hard for Indiana to find success against what stands out you know going into the game if you asked me this before the start of the season I would have said Ritter he's still very scary the quarterback because of his ability to run and throw, and like I said, how experienced he is and some of the weapons he has. And that's still going to be really tough. But, you know, like I said, the offense just has not clicked, in my opinion, the way it was clicking last year. Definitely, at least the passing game has not clicked. And, you know, Michael Penix, you know, looked better on Saturday, but I think he was 11 out of 15 or something, 16. But for like 68 yards, I mean, that's the kind of game where you kind of expect like 11 out of 15 for like 168 yards. Um, it just doesn't seem like they're in rhythm now. You know, Coach Allen keeps preaching patience, and you know they got to get it to progress. But it's uh, you know you're playing an eighth ranked team in the country with a really good defense. There's uh, you know there's not a whole lot of time for patience right now. You've got to be clicking here really quick. So to me, this the, the thing that the thing I'm going to be looking at the most is the offense. And can they move the ball? Can they run it well enough? And then can you know Michael Penning stand in the pocket, look comfortable? and make the throws that he was making last year when this passing game was one of the best, if not the best, in the Big Ten. So, you know, that to me is the most 
you know, I would say question, biggest question mark going into this game. But obviously, Desmond Ritter and their offense is going to be is going to be a challenge big time. Matt, uh, we know we have a sellout for Saturday, and you know it's a big deal when Indiana. Uh, is highly organized and sends out a release in advance that the gates are going to open early at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Uh, it seems like IU trying to get ahead of what they expect to be a crazy crowd, a big day of tailgating, and uh, it's neat to see that people are ready to see this team play a big game, and that there should be a tremendous environment if the student section uh, for the Idaho game shows us anything what could happen uh, this week for the Cincinnati game, I think Bloomington is going to be the place to be uh, this weekend for college football. Yeah, I think so. And I, it's smart by you. My guess is, you know, I don't know how it was getting into the game, but I would assume, you know, with the, the restrictions and, you know, I think it's ticketless now. It's all on your phone, the tickets. And I think that probably takes a little bit longer. I know I went to the Colts game on Sunday and the lines were ridiculous. And, you know, that's, you know um, so I would think, trying to open things up a little bit earlier, let people get in. So hopefully nobody's standing in line when the game's getting ready to start. Um, I, yeah, it's obviously a good move by you. And I, you know, hopefully the students show up. They were fantastic. It might have been – I'm not trying to go back. That might have been the best showing I've seen from a student section in an in Indiana football game. And, you know, I've been doing this for about 14 years, 13, 14 years, since I've been covering this program. And, and they were fantastic. And kudos to them. They deserve a lot of credit. And hopefully they do it again this week. Um, because that side of the stadium was absolutely jam-packed. I mean, to the point where they were waiting in the concourses to get into the to go to their seats, and there was nowhere to sit, and they had to send them to different parts of the stadium. So it was an awesome thing to see. I think it'll be like that on Saturday. Hopefully it'll be like that on Saturday, and hopefully they're really loud because uh, home field advantage does matter. Yeah, no question. Matt com with us. Michael Penix, final question for you. Uh, your thoughts on where he's at? After the Idaho game, uh, he still, I don't think, has been what maybe fans expected and been himself yet. We don't know all the details on his medical history and where things stand and his recovery totally from a torn ACL a year ago. But uh, where's he at and what do you expect? Are we going to eventually get back to the Michael Penix that we've all known and loved? Well, that's the hope. And, and like I said, I thought he was better on Saturday. But, no, listen, some of that, you know, not trying to put down Idaho, but some of that's the opponent. It was obviously an inferior opponent compared to what you played in week one in Iowa. But he did look more comfortable. I thought, you know, his throws were more accurate. Um, it's just, like I said, 68 yards on 11 completions. You know, you're going to have to be, you're going to have to do better than that this week. You can't have that against the Cincinnati team with this defense and the kind of athletes they have on that side of the ball, unless you're really, really running it good. And so far, well, I think there was some improvement against Idaho. There wasn't enough for me to be really comfortable watching the offense because they still struggled at times to run against an FCS team that you really should dominate up front. So um, he, they, they're going to have to get some chunk plays, and they need to get some other guys. Miles Marshall has one catch or 21 yards in the first two games. He's got to be more involved. He's too good not to get the ball more. Ty Freifold has got some catches. D.J. Matthews has seen the ball some, but even D.J. Matthews, they need to get more chunk plays. It's more dump-offs and you know, shallow crosses for him. So hopefully Penix is where he is. I mean, we'll, we'll see on Saturday. I think it's just a progress, but he needs to progress quickly because they really need him to get back to where he was last year. No question. Thank you, Matt. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com with us. And that's going to wrap up this Thursday edition of the program. Catch us as a podcast if you missed any part of the live show here on the Big X. And I'm back with you Friday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.